From 2 Corinthians 13, 13, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. We are so glad that you are seeking God with us, and we pray that the message you are about to hear is a blessing to you. I am Brian Niebank, pastor of Zion United Church of Christ Fireside in Bellevue, Ohio. I thank you for joining us today as we seek to walk together with God, expressing our love in Bible study and prayer, living the life of the church and serving others and worshiping God. May God bless you today. What would you all do if Governor Mike DeWine walked through or walked up those steps behind us right now? Walked through the church doors and into our sanctuary? Welcome him. Welcome him. Wonderful answer. Would you get up and usher him to the best seat in the house? They're all best seats. I like that. <laughs> Would we shower him with a special welcome, more so than any other guest? I think welcome's sufficient. Welcome's sufficient. Well, that's wonderful. Many might react differently if a man or woman in tattered clothes came limping in with a nervous look, would you usher him or her to the same seat you may usher Governor DeWine to? One congregation had such a member walk into their sanctuary, and one church member got up and said, Are you lost? Can we help you find something? They later regretted those words, for she never came back again. In last week's reading, James told us that showing favoritism is a sin. Favoritism goes against godly living. At this point, if we are not trying to understand how to live a godly life, what are we doing here? We should treat any newcomer the same way, no matter where they are on life's journey, no matter what job they have, and no matter what they are wearing. James calls us to show no partiality. We are all equal in God's eyes. Archie Smith, Jr., professor of pastoral psychology at the, at the Pacific School of Religion, reminds us, that if, or reminds us that our faith is nothing if it is without action. We can say that we believe in God all we want, but if we do not do as Christ teaches, it is meaningless. He writes, Faith with works 
can lift us beyond the confusion and conflicts of our time and help us discern the working of God's hand, building the kingdom that is yet to be. In his first year of seminary, Jim Wallace and his friends did a thorough study to find every verse in the Bible that deals with the poor and with social justice. They came up with thousands in the first three Gospels, one out of ten verses, in Luke, one out of seven. They could not recall a single sermon on the poor, however, in their home churches. One of them found an old Bible and began to cut out every single biblical text about the poor. Much of the Psalms and prophets disappeared. That old Bible would hardly hold together. They had created a Bible full of holes. If we do not address our preconceptions of the poor, we are not following Christ. What's more, how can we give an extravagant welcome to anyone who walks through our doors? In Mark 7, which we read last week, and in Mark 8 this week, Jesus tells people not to tell anyone about him. This comes as a surprise to many of us. Today we are told to spread the news about Jesus. Why didn't Jesus want to spread the news here? Scholars have proposed a couple of reasons. First, once word got out about Jesus, his opposition would begin to rise quickly. It was not yet time for the ministry of Jesus to begin on the road to crucifixion. Second, perhaps Jesus knew that the people would speak prematurely either not meaning what they said or spreading empty words without actions. Words are sometimes unnecessary because our actions speak louder than our words. Jesus tells them to act more than speak words, perhaps because he knows that we are mostly talk and not so much actions, as far as the wider Christian church especially. How can we show that we have seen Jesus by our actions to a point that is greater than the weight of our words? What do others say about you? Perhaps their words may not mean much to you, and they do not always have to if they are not meant to be constructive. Yet Jesus cared enough to ask his disciples these questions. His disciples told him that some were saying that he was John the Baptist, others, Elijah, or one of the prophets. Then Jesus asked him, or asked them, who they thought he was. And they recognized that he was the Messiah. Jesus told them that as the Messiah, he was meant to undergo great suffering. What do you think these words meant to Jesus? He may have dismissed some of the harsh words that the Pharisees gave him or that others gave him uh, in criticism that weren't necessarily meant to be constructive. But then his disciples 
from Jesus' actions, from his healings. They knew that he was Jesus, and they confessed him as so. This must have been special to Jesus. But to understand these questions and the question that Jesus asked, we must consider how much we want to know that others are saying about us. Have you ever known that people must be talking about you, but you cannot know for sure what they are saying? Perhaps you have been asked to leave the room while others make a decision on whether to vote for you or against you. As Jesus gained prominence, he was not sure whether people were thinking good things or bad things about him. Interestingly, the disciples told him only good things in Mark 8. This makes the transition to Jesus' response even more shocking, both to the disciples and the modern-day reader. Jesus was wise enough to know that it would not stay all good forever. In fact, if you do anything boldly, you will form some enemies. And we are called to be bold Christians. We cannot ignore the call to action. When we do, we ignore justice issues. When we do, we ignore a large part of the Bible and only follow a Bible with holes. When we do not play a part in building God's kingdom or even put down God's kingdom by showing favoritism or by not taming our tongue, we are not using the gift that Jesus has given us to use. We are meant to continue studying how to be more like Jesus each and every day of our lives. We are meant to continue to keep seeking a stronger relationship with God, a stronger faith and trust in God, and a stronger ability to recognize God among us so that we cannot help but glorify God and inspire the faith of others. If you do not seek to hear God's voice and God's call and God's will for your life, you may not have anyone say anything bad about you, but you also will not have Christ say much good about you. Ask others who people say that you are. Hear the good and the bad as Jesus did, and know that if you are being bold, you will be hearing both. What matters most is that you know that you are serving God. You do not serve those in the world, you serve God. But you want to know that people are saying things about you because that means that you are being bold enough to reach out. That means that you are working hard to make a difference in whatever community you can. 
Proverbs 1 scoffs at those who do not choose the path of wisdom. At first glance, the thought of anyone crying out in the street makes us uncomfortable. These are the type of people we like to avoid. If we go to downtown Bellevue and see someone crying out in the street, we may think, well, that person's crazy. New York City, we may even think worse. This is the type of people that we were taught to avoid. If we met wisdom in the streets selling whatever propaganda she is trying to sell, we will likely just stroll on by without half a glance. The whole city does this. The whole world does this. Wisdom is not really selling anything, though. Instead, us us walking by is us not really wanting to dig deeper, to move closer in our relationship to God. We are comfortable with where we are at. Well, wisdom says, we are not forced to take her hand, but when we need her later, she will be nowhere to be found. That is, when we are in distress, looking for wisdom, we will not find her because we were not smart enough to take her while we were not in trouble. Why does the one who knows that one never stops learning? Why is also the one who continues to seek to improve one's relationship with God? Even in the good times, when we feel like we are doing just fine on our own. Matthew 5.48 tells us to be perfect as the Heavenly Father is perfect. We will never reach perfection, or even near it, if we grow comfortable with where we are at. Others are watching us, Do you want to set the example that you are fine where you are? Or do you want to show others that even long-time Christians need to continue to grow deeper in their faith? If you do nothing to enrich your faith from where it is right now, you are setting the impression that you have reached as far as you can go. Your faith is perfect. But is it? It may be hard to move past what we have been taught and talk to wisdom in the street. Yet our relationship with God depends on it. If we do not, the world has a very good chance of temporarily defeating us when we are in distress. If we do, we will have the faith and the knowledge that God walks with us even through our biggest trials. Never stop learning. Never stop growing. Never stop enriching your relationship with God.
Jesus knew that he was about to embark on a journey of suffering. Yet he modeled the faith that we should all strive to have in a time of great trial for him. He continued to trust God. He continued to pray. He continued to teach others about God, never bound to the opposition of the world, never bound to fear or doubt or even to self-preservation. Everything remained for God's glory in times of joy and in times of sadness. When we keep striving to attain this level of faith, we will keep getting closer to what Jesus has, has modeled for us. What's more is that wisdom gives us a promise. In addition to giving us a warning of the destruction that we will face alone if we do not take our help now, wisdom calls out, but those who listen to me will be secure and will live at ease without dread of disaster. What is it like to live at ease? Have you ever felt it? James Hopkins, pastor of Lakeshore Avenue Baptist Church in Oakland, California, understands this ease with the following words. When people take the time to listen to those they disagree with, they often find ways to move beyond the tension-laden conflict. Conflict that consumes and destroys. When people find ways to honor God, simple, time-tested ways like saying a prayer or going to church, they find that life can have a rhythm and cadence that feels right. When people recognize their need to forgive and be forgiven, they find a peace that is good for body, mind, and spirit. Listen to one another. Find ways to honor God. Forgive and be forgiven. If this is our lifestyle at this time in the church, we will truly live without fear of disaster, for we know that God is with us. We know that we have found favor with God. God blesses us so that we might bless the growth of God's kingdom so long as we are active participants in God's story. Never stop trying because you believe you have reached as far as you can get. Keep striving. Keep thriving. Keep growing. God is blessing you right now. There are always ways to listen better, honor God more often, and forgive and seek forgiveness in new ways. This is the people of God living for God's glory. See God around you today. God enfolds you in God's everlasting arms. This is how Jesus learns your name. This is how you establish a good name for yourself 
and have people start noticing what you do for better or for worse feedback perhaps we can't all solve world hunger or the crisis of the poor but we can create a healthy community of God one healthy community will stem into another James reminds us that a healthy forest is set ablaze by a small fire Well, there is a good kind of fire too. And that fire is the one that the Holy Spirit descended down on Pentecost upon the disciples who received it. And then that fire spread and grew also like wildfire. And today, we continue to carry that fire and pass it on to others. The fire of the Spirit spreads in the same way like wildfire. The tongue can be a curse where gossip and poor words damage the body of Christ. But it can also be a blessing to the kingdom of God. You can stay where you are right now, comfortable and satisfied. But wisdom warns that you need to take your hand. You need more wisdom. And for that, you must continue going to Scripture, learning in prayer, and nurturing your faith. Who do people say that you are? Let it be shown not in your words only when you tell them that you are Christian, but in your actions too. Let your family see the commitment that you give to devotions, to reading scripture, and to following the ways of the Lord. Let your friends see it too. They will take notice, for better or for worse. But God will take notice for an eternity. God shall tell you that you have nothing to fear. Because your words are acceptable to God when they are clearly more than words. Yes, you are graded for effort. Give it everything you have and fear nothing. Master, let us walk with thee. Teach us the wayward feet to stay. Guide them in the homeward way to a peace that only you can give. Your majesty is great. Thanks be to God. And amen. Thank you for joining us here at Zion United Church of Christ Fireside in Bellevue, Ohio. If you would like to reach out to us, we would be thrilled to journey with you on your walk with God. Call us at 419-483-6658 in the United States. Reach out to us on our Facebook page or send us an email at zionunited at gmail.com with any prayer requests or questions you may have. 
Remember to make time for God and confess Jesus as your way to God to give you hope in this life. May you be blessed by God and be a blessing for another. We hope to see you again.